Gate 14 podcast. And fellas, what a fucking week. We are joined, as always, JR and Avery. I mean, the Jays are a fucking wagon. Like, this is a problem. It's uh, these one-run ball games where, I said it before, playing World Series games in April. And we do it again. Find a way to win. And that's all you can ask for at this point. Yeah, it's exciting. I mean, team's looking good. We're winning close games, which is which is great to see, but fuck, is this ever exciting? It feels, it feels good. It feels good to be a Jays fan. And obviously me and Avery were at the game on Monday and you want to talk about electricity. Two nothing game, bullpen comes in, blows it. It makes it two, two. I'm kind of sweating. I'm like, fuck, I don't know if the Jays are going to win this game, to be honest. Like two nothing leads, not good. I mean, it's not, you're not comfortable with it. Bo, who was struggling the whole night, grounds into a double play the first at bat. I think he got out the next at bat. Comes up to cups up, and I just look at Avery and I'm like, all we really need here is a fly ball. And this motherfucker did a little bit more than a fucking fly ball. I mean, this guy, obviously, he's showing glimpses of him being back, but that ball was fucked on. The dead baseballs doesn't matter to Bo at this point. That was so we were there for opening night as well, just as electric the Teoscar three run Homer to take the lead as that boat grand slam. It was awesome. Both of them, but just an all time ball game to Johnny getting there. Johnny picks me up in this car. It is pouring, <laughs> pouring rain outside. Jerry, I haven't even told you this part yet. He goes, okay. First thing he says, I get in the car. I go, um, sorry, I got no heat or AC. Like, okay. Okay. That's true. A, should be fine. I don't realize. So we get in the car. It is, pouring rain like i am talking about like you read about monsoon almost and you can't see anything out of the <laughs> out of the front of the car so i was like what's going on here so he has no no heater ac to clear the front of the windshield chair so in this thing he at one point he goes can you just like reach in the back and grab the shirt for me <laughs> no. i said okay i wasn't sure what was gonna go on here and johnny is driving and he is taking this t-shirt from the back and just clearing right in front of his windshield <laughs> so he can see on the highway in the pouring rain. And the I couldn't see with it. It didn't help. Like, it honestly didn't help. But that's the sacrifices you make, man. I mean, I drove to fucking Philadelphia with no heat and AC. That wasn't ideal. But that's what we do. I mean, that's just – if a car can take you from point A to point B, the AC and the heat is just the added the added things on top. It's the icing on the top. The last episode, we talked about you being high maintenance. You can't call you that after – that car ride that's for sure mm-hmm. avery would have a stroke if he was in that vehicle well the problem is i can't see at night i gotta wear my glasses that's why i, I have mean to wear jr my sorry jr game. would have a stroke oh. if jr was in that yeah i would he would i would so, call he, the cops he would, I would call the cops on you <laughs> he would make an uber he would make me just like pretend i'm an uber driver and leave a review on uber of my vehicle when i'm not an uber driver that's what JR would I'd go on. Do. I'd go on one of those podcasts <laughs> and say one of those fucked up stories about something that's happened. Yeah, it's story. not good, man. But honestly, it made up for it when we get to the game and Boba Shut absolutely well. The five hundred debacle of the people behind us at the game too. Was yeah, there, that game was fucking weird, man. Like there was a guy behind us, and maybe Avery will uh, put the this in the clip, or, or I'll put it in the clip or whatever. But this guy was legit dead, like. And this is the first or second inning, and this guy is as dead as humanly possible. He's sleeping, and the game literally just started, and he's not moving. Like, he's legit pale, and his girlfriend's beside him, and all his boys are there just, like, laughing, having a good time. Like, dude, this guy's fucking dead. 
and this and the e, uh, er comes up to him, whatever the fuck it's called or i don't know Paramedics, what's it called yeah i i don't know what they are yeah whatever so the first aid comes up to him and they keep poking him and he's not waking up and then they just fucking leave i'm like <laughs> what the fuck are you what are you doing and there's this random guy with a bud light in his hand trying to talk to like this first aid people Saying like he's to okay def- just try to like defuse the situation i'm like dude get this fucking idiot out of here like what are you doing and then er like uh the first aid people leave and next thing i know like the guy's just sitting in his chair like head down falling asleep everyone around him around him's having a good time his girlfriend looks like she just saw a ghost and the er comes back up and they try to grab him and his friends are like he's good he's good he's good i'm like there is no fuck there. He no, he's not good. He's not waking up. And the funniest part is, so they obviously defuse the situation and they go to take him down. But in the 500 levels, you can't go on a stretcher because it's so high up. Like you could just like slip off if your like limbs aren't fuck. I guess. And they're just like pretty much teaching this kid how to walk. Like, and everyone's staring at him. It was one of the weirdest video, like weirdest visuals I've ever seen. This was in like the second inning i've never seen this before it was incredible have you seen this yet jer like the there's a video, the video? Oh, of yeah. this guy i'm gonna send it to you i just well avery yeah avery does have the video it, it was, was he too, was he on drugs yeah, I that's, what I th- that's what i thought right away i honestly he, don't know and this is terrible radio in the we'll, row we'll, before too well yeah he puked it was just a crazy visual he and actually, puked he puked yeah. dude multiple times but i okay I he must have been drunk or on drugs he had to be drunk it was a monday night it was a monday (laughs) night and like this guy's learning how to walk again it it, it's it's one of the most outlandish things i've ever fucking seen so happens when you see the creatures in the 500s and by the way i'm gonna i gotta i gotta talk about something all right so this is my bone to pick with ushers and just fans in general okay and avery knows what i'm gonna bring up here when you were out of jay's game and there is five million fucking empty seats Stop looking at your fucking ticket and sitting in the exact spot or kicking people out. Stop that. Literally, there is, when there's five, like there was a guy besides the other day when I was at the uh, Tigers game and it was like empty as fuck. And this guy behind me isn't sitting in a seat. And there, I'm not lying. There's like four rows, like empty, nothing. And, and he comes up to this guy and he's like, hey, man, like you're sitting in my spot. And I was obviously there alone. I was going to say to him like, this guy fucking serious like there's literally five million seats to the left or like it's just those people are the worst like there's a special place in hell for those people like you can all agree on that yeah there's no well, need to sit beside someone <laughs> if you don't have to right yeah but like we gotta look at it from uh the scumbag fucking people who are buying uh this the cheapest seats going to the most expensive seats like you can't have that but we're in the 500 level <laughs> yeah we 500 level, level. 500 level, I'm 100%. Like, there's just too many open seats. But, like, if I'm anywhere in the first level and there's sure. a motherfucker, you deserve that seat, right. You deserve that, that right. Okay. I'm talking yeah. 500 mm-hmm. level. Okay. Yeah. If you're in the 500 level and you're dictating, like, someone's in your seat, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, we're all saving money here. We're all, we all spent $25 on our tickets. Just move a fucking row ahead for better seats or just go a row behind. Like, what's the difference? Uh, so, how no were your guys' seats? Like, I thought money. you fucking. Uh, I thought you were the third, the first base down the line guy, Johnny. No, fuck no. That's only when people send me tickets. I will never pay for first base <laughs> down the line ever. Me and actually, by the way, I will say this: people listening, a little hack. 
if you want to get just sick tickets to see everything you want to see at the game, the 500 level behind home plate for 25 bucks a ticket is all day. It's it might be the, they might they might be the greatest seats in the in the in the ballpark, right? They have to be. Come on. Well, they're good. They're good. They're really good. The only thing you don't know if it's a bomb off the bat. You got to look at the batter to see what he does. That's I mean, you're going to use your fucking binoculars. No, <laughs> they're calling great the behind seats. calling those seats. <laughs> they're the best the seats. Best seats at the Rogers Center is actually probably one of the crazy. There's a reason. There's a reason why box seats aren't in the fucking f- on the field. They're in, they're higher up. The higher up you no, are, no, the no, better. I know, but like, give me twenty rows up behind. No, the plate twenty rows day. up stink. You can't see anything. You're just stuck behind these people up there. I can see every single thing, and I'm not. I don't have to worry about sitting beside fucking rich pricks that are fucking telling me to get out of their seat. I, I will rather sit in the 500 level. I'm serious. With the common people. But it's good like to be. Too. But when the 500 level is packed, I can see it. But, like, it feels like you're sort of not with the the core group. Don't you guys agree? Like, when you're selling in the 500 versus, like, there's a big thing happening. Like, you're looking down at the first The level. 500 people are actually the more true fans. because I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I think, I think it's just, level. like, a whole different vibe. When so- when shit's going down the first level and you're there, yeah, I mean, I feel a little more part of it. The 100 level though, like the first base side is kind of shit seats. You can't see the strike zone. Like mm-hmm. behind home plate, at least you can kind of have like a little bit of a grasp if a pitch is outside or inside. Like, yeah. and you get to see these fucking balls like touch the moon. I, don't, I think it's electric. I really do think it's electric. Maybe I'm in the wrong for that, but the 500 level behind home plate, I might sit there every single game I go to now. <laughs> I don't, I don't hate it. I think the best seats in the house are the 200 level behind the plate. True. That's another good point. I don't know if is there, I, I don't think there's tickets though, 200 level behind home plate. I think, so, I think it's like TD. a special zone. Yeah. It's the, the TD, TD zone. zone. I, yeah. That's where I, uh, I was seeing someone high school. That's where we get tickets all the time to go. I couldn't watch a game anywhere else. It was just yeah. so perfect. That's a good how point. Do, how do we get, how do we get tickets in there? Eh? Uh, we, you need you to get a job at TD. Inside connections? No, I, you'll never catch me sit. I'm sitting in the 500 levels till I die. 200, <laughs> 500 level behind home plate. The only tickets that I ever bought that were like 100 or 200 level were for the Jays playoffs last year. Obviously, hypothetical, they didn't make it, but I bought tickets in the 200 level for $70. That's the only time that I'll spend it. Like if it's the playoffs, if it's a fucking April game, you'll never catch me spending $100 on tickets ever, mm-hmm. it, especially when it's that pointless. But we're talking about the series here, obviously. The Jays legitimately dog walk, fist fucked the Red Sox this week. Like every which way possible. Like zero runs against that offense is ludicrous. It's like this last game, Alec Manoa is that dude. Like, is he going to win the Cy Young in the next like two, three years? He might. Fuck, he might this year. He's crazy. So good. I, like, I couldn't he- believe what is the, the stat? They've won so many of his games again. I heard it. On the radio, I oh, listened to the first. No, I think innings. it's like. Fuck, oh no! Man. It's against it's against the AL East. He is seven and one. Like his record is seven and one, and his eleven starts against the AL East now. That's just that's just crazy. Like that's just stupid. It just I thought it was just, something like nine. He won nine starts. It might have been he won nine out of eleven or something. There's a six stat actually about Manoa. Like that. It's um. Hey, before we plug it, we got a big interview today, Johnny. Yeah. Taylor Heineman. Taylor Heineman. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Obviously, you guys haven't heard it yet. So you're, you're going to be listening to it blindly like the people here. It was 
fucking insane. I obviously, I mean, credit to me, I'm a grizzled vet when it comes to interviews. I was thrown <laughs> off guard with this fuck. Like, he was just so outspoken and a little tease. That Boba outspoken or well spoken? Like well spoken, sorry. Okay. That's yeah. um that Boba Shet home run, and obviously we're gonna have to clip this. That Boba Shet home run on Monday. Heineman told me that Chapman came up to Heineman and said, Boba Shet's going to launch here, which is crazy. And I was like, I need to like put this on the on social media right now. Like when he said that, I was like, oh, fuck. Like Chapman came up to him and said, why the fuck is, um, what's his name? Who was the pitcher? Lefty. Why is strong or who the fuck? Who was in the game? Who, who was pitching when? I should have brought the righty in, did they not? No, it, it it was oh yeah, it was why are they? He said Chapman said why are they leaving him in and not bringing in Strom? And then he said he's gonna hit a nuke here. And what did okay, Strom 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 was in the game? Remember they took him out. Um, it might have been Danish or it was Strom. I forget which one. It was the other way around. It was a righty. It was a righty on. Um, <laughs> sorry, it was a lefty on. What matchup makes more sense? Lefty on righty, right? So it was a lefty. Yeah. It was a lefty, and, and then Chapman said, why the fuck are they keeping this guy in? Boba Shett's going to hit home run, and then he did. So anyways, it was an incredible interview. It's going to be – we're going to obviously talk, talk about the Red Sox series and then cut to that, and then we're going to talk about the Astros after the interview. He hit it off Tyler Danish. Yes, Tyler Danish. So he said, why is he keeping Danish in the game here? That's what he, that's what he said. Okay, that makes more sense now. But anyways, what a game. And then the another thing on the Monday game that is just this fucking guy, George Springer. I mean, like – what the f- that catch I- i'm convinced the possibility of that catch was like two percent that was just stupid did I they come out with the probabilities the they fucking they have to they always do they always do they always do we see the ball in the air so we had a good view of this play actually in the <laughs> oh you guys had, had a great view, view of this in, play. yeah <laughs> in the cn tower we saw this pretty good Jerry. Dude, the thing that's <laughs> un- awesome about it is is like it if I, I can like close my eyes, look back on it, and I could see that ball in the air and just George Springer. Cause I remember me and Avery were in the outfield. I'm like, or in, in the 500s, I was like, no, no, no. Cause you just see this fucking gazelle sprint across the outfield and just go full. It was, and then the celebration. It's just, I love this guy. Like George Springer is our guy now. It's just, it's crazy to say that we have a guy that was a World Series MVP playing in fucking center field for the Toronto Blue Jays. It's unreal. I remember I saw the ball in the air and he started tracking it down. You said whatever you said. And I said, Oh shit. <laughs> he just laid out and caught it. I couldn't believe it. Then the home runs the next day. If oh, how, we're, the team's not even playing that well collectively. No. Can we agree on that? Boba Shed's hitting we are like pitching, We are pitching our ass off. I'll say not hit, we haven't hit in a while. Like we haven't had a game where we're like, Holy fuck. Like we can fucking. Right. We had Ryan like, Montoya. In the every lineup today. we've been putting out, we're just like, just like this guy it, looks like shit. Charlie Montoya just one ups it every single time. He's like, how can I put the most dog shit lineup again? Like, how can I make this lineup worse than the previous one? And listen, I love Tapia, but Tapia in the four hole is just like, what the fuck are that you doing? Ludic- that is ludicrous. That it is was- like, Tapia, we couldn't get like, Zach Collins in there again. Who like, should have hit a home run if the baseballs weren't dead. And we got to apologize to Alejandro Kirk, low key. He's been kind of nasty lately. Yeah, he's been good. I mean, like they were pumping his tires like it was no fucking tomorrow when he drew that walk. It and was a good, good walk, him. though. It was a great, it was a great AB. 
it was a great AB, but saying that he's been having great ABs all year, like let's fucking let's pump it up. Let's the Jays a won a game. Back. The Jays won a game today with Tapia in the four hole and Vladdy not in the lineup and Teoscar not in the lineup. I mean, Jesus, yeah, against the true. Red Sox. And I, by the way, I tweeted a stat today, and all these Yankee fans talking about oh, it's Jays Yankees, Jays Yankees. The Yankees have played such dog shit fucking teams. It's absurd. They've played the Orioles and they swept them. Congratulations. That's like playing them. Uh, congratulations sweeping the Orioles. And they play the Guardians who just got swept by a team that lost to a, lost the previous series to the Orioles. <laughs> like the Angels lost on the weekend, two out of three to the fucking uh, Orioles. And the, and the Angels just swept the Guardians. Like they have the 22nd strength of schedule for a fucking reason. The Jays are just going through a gauntlet. And they play the Mariners in the middle of May. Like, it just never fucking stops for this team. They are just in hell right now after these few series. They got the Astros and then the Yankees, for fuck's sakes. And then the Yankees have played the O's twice. It's just... They've got Baltimore twice, so... Have the same record. We said the Yankees couldn't hit. Stadium's built for ants. Anthony Rizzo hit a home run. That was a so point nine zero expected dude. batting average. Oh which my god! Should have never been a bro. home run. The video of I tweeted it out. The video of him realizing he hit a home run. He thought it was a pop fly. It goes to tell yeah. you how fucking and that's in a dead ball era. He thought it was a pop fly. What were you gonna say about the Mariners, Jerry? Did you say is that is that in Seattle? No, it's here. It's here. Okay. Me and me and yeah, it's gonna be electric. It's almost a home series when we go there. Yeah, it's Adam gonna be Frazier. electric. Uh, me and A. Frage and Matt Festa, we're gonna get after it. I don't know you what you're gonna. Do. You guys are gonna go to the bars together. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure something out. Maybe I don't know if we'll go to the bars. We'll go to dinner because they, they they play every day. So I, well, Festa yeah. is like a relief guy, but yeah, no. I mean, it's gonna be enemy territory for me. But like, mm-hmm. it's just the, the Mariners. By the way, I will give credit when it's due. They're kind of nasty, but. They just lost two or three to the fucking Rays, and the Rays are kind of like the Rays aren't that good. I haven't watched much Rays baseball. Neither have I watched a lot of Mariners baseball. It's just Wander Franco, pretty much. Wander Franco is killing it. He's fucked, man. Mm -hmm. He's so good, and he's bullpen's still really, and he's quote unquote twenty years old, which is something that (laughs) I don't fucking believe the slightest. Dude, he looks like. Fuck, dude. If you did a blind, if you did a blind test right now, right, you had no fucking clue what age Wander was. What age are you guessing? Twenty five. I mean, he has braces, doesn't he? That doesn't matter. Nah, come uh, on. If he doesn't, how many smile, adult braces? Okay, I'm probably going twenty seven. <laughs> I could be wrong on this. I, I could be well, wrong just, on this. He's just a thick guy, man. No, he's built. It happened actually at a, a store I went to. A guy said, "Guess my age." I said twenty five. He said eighteen. Okay. Okay. Hear me out. What store did you go to? Listen, 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 listen here. Wander Franco, okay, has a brother named Wander Franco who is significantly (laughs) older. Okay. (laughs) You're getting somewhere here. So, uh, change of birth certificates, maybe? Uh, Listen, I'm not one to say someone's lying about their age, but his brother's (laughs) name is legitimate Wander Franco. All you do is just flip flop the fucking birth certificate, and that's it. But you at this point, it doesn't matter, right? It <laughs> doesn't. Is. That's what I'm saying, dude. He's, like they, his parents knew what the fuck they were doing. I'm telling you, it's there's something there. There's really? a conspiracy theory in there. His brother's Who, name it? is Wander Fucking Franco. Okay, well, we need to see a picture because if he looks way younger than Wander, Wander One. I don't know if there's a picture. They Wander One. The, <laughs> they cleared the internet. They cleared the internet of it. I genuinely don't think. And listen, I have a lot of people telling me they don't think he is. 
I generally don't think he's fucking 20. Okay. There's he a is, lot of people like who've done that, right? Yeah. Like, like Tahada lied about his age. Yeah. Tahada said he was like fucking, I don't even know how old Tahada said he was. I think he lied like about six or eight year difference and like that. But wow. yeah, that just happens all the time. But dude, like after watching this weekend and would Tanner Hawk even make, make or Hawk even make that much of a difference? Well, Whitlock was really good. That's what I'm saying. Um, like Whitlock carved, like you can't do much better than that. Walker was good against us, right? Yeah. It, Whitlock would have been pretty crucial. Out of the, I mean, uh, Whitlock would have came out of the pen, and there were some pretty big moments. True. So it's it's tough to tell. The games were close, like right. So we stole Tuesday night's game. We should never that was have won theft. that game. That was theft, man. Tuesday night's game was very weird, though, as well. Like mm-hmm. they 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 were up down up down in the like the bullpen and Jimmy Garcia was kind of dog shit on two. Like he stunk. He stunk up the room on Tuesday. Yeah. So he, well, Romano did two. That's one for, one for each though. of them, right? Yeah. Romano mm-hmm. did two. I mean, those guys were due for that. And Trent Thornton yeah. wasn't that good yesterday, I believe. Is that right? Yesterday he kind of stunk. Yeah. Well, I mean, Trent Thornton's not great. Yeah. What we've well, seen. he throws like 88. Yeah, Trent, Trent Thornton's. Yeah. Yeah. He's not great, but no, I mean, he's, it's, he's going to come in and, and be sort of a long reliever when we need someone to log three, four innings. Yeah, the Jays are. I, it's just the fact that they're in first right now is so fucking incredible. I can't wait till they just. I think go, we're in second. We're in second. Or second. Yeah, half a game back. I I can't wait till they go through that soft ass part of the schedule where they're just absolutely facing just dog shit baseball teams, and they the just Guardians, go like Orioles. Yeah, and they just go like fourteen and two or fourteen and four, and just fucking climb up like honestly right now they're just playing damage control like they're really just staying above water staying in like staying within arm's reach of first base which our first place sorry which is fine but this weekend series obviously we'll talk about that after the interview but i mean the, the jays are they get to skip verlander so it, it's gonna be i think the jays are and by the way avery you kind of you didn't predict this right i mean me and my guy avery or a jr we predicted it Right, mm-hmm. we pr- we predicted a three-one series win. You predicted the f- the 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 split, but the Red Sox can't fucking hit. They can't. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. They they can hit. They can Look hit. At, they can. I hit. am so happy not to have to see Xander Bogarts for however long. It's Devers he, for me. It's Devers for me. Yeah, Devers a fucking. I'm the exact same way too. But Bogarts, how many multi like three hit games did he have this week? Two. I, but so? you say they could hit though, but they really didn't hit this series. Like the they team. didn't hit any like bombs. Like they weren't really yeah. hitting for. They for flew power. out to the warning track fifteen times. Mm-hmm. It felt like. Yeah, that's just the dead balls though. It really is. I saw Carabas tweet about that. Yeah, it's fuck that guy. It's just well, MLB the, Network Carabas, eh? The Maybe Reds- uh, they can get <laughs> gate fourteen there. <laughs> the Red Sox are. Uh, and yeah, JD Martinez is kind of ghost this series, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like he hit a double every game, and then he was out with a groin injury. And then this man, Trevor Story, was having a stroke at second. Like, did you see some of the flips he was making? Like, they said it would work with him and Bogarts and stuff like that. I think Trevor Story is like, man, I wish I was just playing fucking shortstop right now, bro. Like, what am I doing at second? Do you, so you can only pay one guy, Devers or Bogarts, for the Sox. Who are you paying? Bogarts probably. Really? Really? I'd go Devers. 
And Bogarts is apparently the captain of the team, like makes everything happen. De- but Devers has so much swag though, bro. Like he gets like a bad call and he just like has a massive fucking dip in his mouth and just steps back. And he's like, he looks like he wants to fucking murder someone. That's kind of baller. I, I'm, I'm iffy on that. Maybe it is Devers. I love Devers. Left-handed bat that just absolutely fucking rakes. <laughs> He has no chance against a lefty slider, but a righty, he is going to He's swing so as hard good, as possible. Dude. He's so fucking good. I love I pay Devers. Yeah. I don't know. I man, I mean, Guriel's heating up too. I mean, obviously the name of the last episode was Lourdes is back, but fuck, man, that ball he hit on Monday was a line drive out. Like, and he, I mean, I, I love when Lourdes is firing on all cylinders and he's mashing, this team is just nasty. And to think about this, the Jays are winning games. And one of their best hitters, Bo Bichette, has been absolutely dog shit. Like, he's... Can't hit a fastball, right? Yeah, he was hitting 305 against fastballs last year. And right now he's hitting 204, I think it is. So he's just getting, like, just a crazy mix of fastballs, which is what hitters dream of. Yeah, do you think he's trying to... He's doing some reverse psychology here. True. It takes two, three weeks. It's like, Bo can't hit the fastball. Then we get a couple bums from the Royals, sixth inning of a midweek game. Oh, I, I remember Bo can't hit a fastball, and then he's back, and we're just cranking dingers off fastballs. I I need to see Bo Bichette start to rake again, bro. It is such a sick sight to see when he's mashing. Like, that home run was baller. The little bat drop, fuck. It's he's just every... like, it's His swing is so, like, timing. He's just, like, he's thing, getting – like, he, it's not even like, like they're not throwing to him, dude. Like, the pitches that he's swinging and missing, it's like – he fucking is bound to just fucking break those. You can like, say the same about. He, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna look at he's his, got that uh, huge like kick. It's it's tough. But. It's every old man on Twitter's wet dream to have Bobachet struggle because he's not balanced at the end of the swing, <laughs> right? Jeff Fry, that fucking loser. Yeah, dude. I mean, and and someone mentioned this the other, to me, to me the other day. Vladdy isn't really even doing that well. I mean, he's hitting 305, but he's missing a lot of good pitches still. Like the fact that it goes to show you how nasty he is. He's hitting 304 when he's missing good pitches and he's like not really doing well to his standards. It's fucking going to be insane when he starts hitting these pitches that he's missing. Cause you guys see his at bats, right? And his at bats, mm-hmm. he'll miss a fastball and like the announcers, like Dan Shulman, and even him will be like, man, I just missed that. Like that's that ball should have been fucking launched. Mm-hmm. Okay, I found some bow problems here. I'm on fan graphs. His out-of-zone contact percentage, so when he swings up balls outside of the zone, he's running a career low in making contact, only 60%. And his in-zone contact, he is running a career low of swinging at pitches inside the strike zone. Making contact, he's running a career low at only 82%. And listen, we're not, we're not chirping him. We're not chirping him. Everyone goes, that's just who Bo is. He goes through these kind of slides where he's not good. And the people that are chirping saying, where should we put Bo in the lineup? Just keep him at fucking second. He let him work out of fucking this shit. Let him work out of this. To just don't like stop chirping Bo. All the Jays fans say, "Oh, Bo can't hit. Bo can't this. Bo can't that." He is gonna hit. It's a 162 game year. We're a month in. Yeah, his yeah. called strike and whiff percentage for him at the plate is 10 points higher than it was last year. So when he's getting up there, taking called strikes or missing strikes, it's just way higher than last year. It, this is going to figure itself out. Yeah, it's going to figure itself out. But anyways, boys, let's uh, – what time – all right, it's 8 o'clock. Let's, uh, let's cut it to the interview with Tyler Heineman. Obviously electric stuff. I had to do it solo because these two suits over here are fucking working. 
Um, but yeah, that's it, it's going to be electric. We'll talk to you guys in the other half of the after the interview. We'll uh, go into the uh, we'll go into the Astro series. So hope you guys enjoy it. And uh, Tyler Heineman forever. All right. This is special to me, man. This is the first ever guest we've had on the Gate 14 podcast, the number one Jays podcast on the planet. JR and Avery can't be with me. They're at work right now. But we are joined by a very special man, a man that we've been pumping the tires of on the podcast for weeks now. It is Tyler Heineman. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm fired up to get you on a couple things. So obviously, we have a pretty good amount of mutual friends, like I said before the show. Another thing is your Instagram is absolutely electric. You're doing magic trick. It's a mixture of magic tricks, baseball, marriage photo. It's just the most, it, it's, it's, a, it's a deck. You just got everything going on in there. So before we get into all this kind of stuff, I have to bring this up. Yesterday's game. So we're recording this on Wednesday. Yesterday's game was the game of the year. We can say that. We can pretty much yeah, say it. Yeah, the game the, it was amazing. The game of the year. I want to go in because you were playing, you were partake, you were partaking in the extra innings and you were playing at the end of that game there. What was running through your head being a part of that? What was it like just seeing the atmosphere there? The stadium wasn't even packed, but it was loud as fuck. What was going on? Yeah, so I mean it was it was awesome. Obviously, we, we when I came in, we had a two and two to one lead, and uh, you know, my job coming into that game is, is to seal that deal and, and play good defense behind, uh, the end of the game. So, um, it was a little unfortunate that we gave up some runs and, um, once it hit the eighth inning, uh, you know, we, we started like they pinch hit for me and, uh, got, got a base hit and, uh, we just started, we, we clawed and we didn't get anything in the eighth inning and then the ninth inning, you know, we scored three against against Deakman. So it was, uh, I mean, it was it was pretty electric. It was awesome to see how much fight this team has. And then uh, obviously winning in extras with uh, Romano sealing the deal, shutting it down in the top of the 10th, not allowing a run to score. And then uh, Tapio with an unbelievable bat uh, to end the game. And I wanted to go into, because obviously we're massive Jays guys. So you've been in a pretty good amount of locker rooms and stuff like that. What makes the Toronto Blue Jays different? Is it the fact that every single game that you guys have a chance to win, no matter what the score is, like, what is it that makes it different? Yeah, I think for sure. Um, any, anybody that really is playing uh, the main guys are, uh, they got a chance to do something special every single of that. Um, and that fear and that just ability to, to change a ball game with one swing um, at any moment is, is just massive. And I think the, uh, the fact that the, the whole clubhouse is very light, it's very light, fun, um, kind of happy go lucky. And, and don't get me wrong, you know, we work hard and, and we're working on, on our stuff, but there's no real pressure and they, they play very carefree and, and just loose. And, uh, I think that really benefits, benefits our team. And, and, uh, we, we don't really feel like we're out of any game. It's just, it's honestly incredible to watch, especially being a Jays guy. And obviously I got to experience the middle of the years, like in the early 2010s where they were absolutely dog shit. So it's kind of unbelievable to see it now, but like looking at that atmosphere and you obviously saw, I mean, the stadium wasn't even packed yesterday, but it was loud as fuck, man. After that Springer home run, were you guys just kind of behind beside yourself in the dugout? Like, I can't believe this guy just did that. Or was it like expected that this guy's going to launch? No, it's kind of funny because um, 
you know, Chapman actually was sitting right next to me or standing on the, on the dugout uh, fence right next to me. It was like, I said, it was a mistake to leave J- uh, Deekman me in. Too. Me um, too. And he said, he's going to go deep right here. And <laughs> it, it's just like, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of expected. Um, Cause he's had so many special moments in his career and that, and that was awesome. Cause it was career Homer number 200 for him. So, um, but you know, he, he just, man, the guy's so humble and he's, he's a, uh, he's an incredible player. It's just like, like I said, every player in the lineup, especially in the top part of the lineup can change the game with one swing of the bat and just happen to be Springer up at that time. Um, you know, but if it was Bo, it could have been the exact same thing. Vladdy, same thing. Lourdes, like any one of these Chapman, it's like any one of them can change the game with one swing. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a special group of guys, and and it definitely was rocking for however many fans that were there. It it, it seemed like it was super loud. I'm telling you, man, you gotta like research, or you've probably seen it. But you gotta just go on YouTube before a game and just search like that Jays uh, playoff run with that stadium, the Bautista home run. Oh, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, I was it watching is, that game. It's ridiculous, man. It honestly is ridiculous, and and, and just kind of seeing all these guys like guys that deserve to win, you know, like Matt Chapman's of the world. He was on teams that obviously they weren't like, they didn't want to spend money, all that kind of stuff. And now he's here. What's the difference that Matt Chapman makes in that clubhouse? He's obviously a veteran present platinum gold Glover. The guy is disgusting at third base. So like when he entered, what's like some of the biggest differences he makes in that locker room? Well, one, I think it really makes a big difference with uh, the confidence of the pitchers um, throwing strikes and, basically letting the defense work. You know, you got Bo who's an above that has unbelievable range and he's working on, on stuff at, at short and you got SB at second base. He's been incredible right now. Vladdy's a natural third baseman um, playing first base and, and he's got great hands. So like just having that infield um, basically being behind any pitcher, it, it allows them to have a little bit of confidence throwing strikes in the zone and, and not being worried about stuff being put in play for them. Um, because the plays are going to be made, but for Chapman, I think, I think, uh, especially for the infielders, um, just about how he goes about his daily work and how hard he works on his craft at third base, hitting everything uh, and how humble he is, is, is awesome. You kind of just, you can, you can, you can just watch him, right. Watch him and and see how he goes about his daily business and, and understand why he's so good at what he does. Um, and also, so it gives an appreciation for it, but it also, um, kind of shows other people that you can do this if you work hard at it and you just try and perfect your craft. So I think having that in the clubhouse, uh, really shows the younger guys, uh, myself included, I'm older, but, um, it shows us, you know, that playing well and, um, and just being nasty on defense is, is something that, that can be learned and, and uh, worked on if you put in tireless amount of hours and, and reps. Yeah, it's, it's a good point, man. I mean, you're mentioning all these guys. You're giving me chills because I fucking love this team. I like there's a video. I'll send you the video after just me going absolutely ludicrous in the stands on Monday night's game after Bo's Grand Slam. But Vladdy, I want to talk about Vladdy because you've got the chance to see a shit ton of legends, right? You've played with Ryan Braun. You've played with all these big time names or you've seen all this kind of stuff. Nolan Aaron, all that stuff. 
what's different that from Vladi? Like, what, what do you see from Vladi that makes it different? Like, is, is it his approach, the way he like attacks pitches? Like, what is it? Um, I don't really know. I, I think honestly, um, how poised he is in the box and how willing he is to to realize that people are going to pitch around him and take his walks and not swing at pitch, get himself into leverage counts and then hit the mistake. Um, it's, it's fun to watch and it's, it's cool to watch on a daily basis, right? Because when you're not, when you're not here daily and you're just watching highlights, you see his home runs and it's like, wow, this guy's unbelievable. Um, and he hits the ball hard and he hits the ball far, but you don't really realize the day in day out, kind of grind that he goes through and the at-bats that he puts together on a daily basis, on an at-bat to at-bat basis. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible to watch um, how good his at-bats are from the first at-bat of the game to the last at-bat of the game, Re- regardless of if he gets a hit that day uh, or, you know, hits a homer or even, even gets on base, but the at-bats are always super consistent and he always seems to have a plan when he's in the box. So it's, uh, it's special, and and he's so young, so I, I can't imagine how uh, uh, how good he's going to be. You know, he's already elite. Like I, he might be, <laughs> he might be out of this world. And I mean, that sort of seems like already to me. But you know, I don't really know how much higher he can go up from here. But uh, just be, being being so young and not having that much big league experience, I feel like he still has potential to go up. There's a lot of uh, like a Miguel Cabrera comparison. That's like with the way that he approach, like his approach and the way that he hits. And I see it for sure. But let's go into you for a second. Now we're now we're gonna start doing the little Tyler Heineman tire pump here. So we're gonna go to your your UCLA days. For Jays fans listening who don't know a lot about Heineman here, this guy absolutely put pitchers in his back pocket at UCLA. The guy hit three thirty two in twenty twelve. Is that good? You tell me. So let's go into that season. I believe, and do I have this correct? You were a, a recipient. You you were a recipient for the Golden Spikes Award. Is that correct, or one of them? No, uh, probably the Johnny Bench. Yes, the Johnny Bench Award. Sorry, the Johnny Bench Award. So yeah, Johnny Bench Award is the best catcher in college, right? And and yeah, D one yeah. is that good? Is that good, listeners? You tell me. So let's go into that year for you. Obviously, twenty twelve. You're raking, all that kind of stuff. Is that when you kind of realize, like, listen, I have a really good chance here to get drafted to the major leagues and be like a, like a, not, like not everyday major leaguer, but a guy that's going to have a lot of professional baseball experience. Is that the year you kind of realized that? Um, yeah, I would say, I would say, yeah, I think going into, going into that year, you know, I wanted to play and I wanted, I was a walk on at UCLA. Um, so I didn't really play too much as a freshman, played a little bit more as a sophomore. And then I, I kind of got an everyday role as a junior. So I, I just wanted to, play right I wanted to go out there play play hard and I played well and I started getting some uh interest from professional scouts and so I I think there was a you know my my thought process was trying to to play professional baseball and and make it to the major leagues but at the time I didn't know how feasible that was you know and uh the more that I played the more recognition I got and the more kind of interest I got, um, the more it became a possibility. So yeah, I think, I think that was probably the, the timing of it. And obviously we got to bring up some of your teammates here. One guy that I got to talk about is an arch nemesis of this podcast, but he's your, I'm assuming he's your friend or teammate. So I'll let it slide. What was it like playing with Garrett Cole in university? Um, 
it was awesome. I mean, he's a great guy. Uh, I know he's with the Yankees now, but he's same guy that he was in college. Um, humble, uh, works hard. And, you know, I, it was, it was a pleasure to play with him and, um, he's still a good friend of mine and, and, you know, it, uh, being able to watch him pitch, we beat him. So it was good, but being able to watch him pitch live at Yankee stadium against us was, uh, was surreal because it had been a long, long time since I've, uh, since I've seen him like on the field. So should we, so should us as a podcast, like deduct our Yankees hate because, or our, our Garrett Cole hate because we're Tyler Heineman guys now, like, how does that work? How should we approach this now? No, I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think the best way to do it is he's realized he's a human being and he's, and he's a incredibly, ba- incredibly good baseball player. He just happens to be on the wrong team. So whenever he's pitching and especially against us, yeah, root against him. We want to beat him every single time, just like I want to beat him, but off the field afterwards, he's a, he's a great guy. And, um, you know, he, he, he deserves respect for what he does and, and how hard he works at, at what he does. And um, he goes about it the right way. So after the game, you can, you can let the, let the hate slide and, and then just let him be a normal person. It's just, well, like I said, I hate, I'm one for hating fans that go above and beyond against players. I keep my hate on the field. Like if a guy is terrible on the field, I will say it, but you will never catch me just one being personal. Like those Yankee fans were with my guy, Oscar Mercado, which was yeah. outlandish visual, by the way, last week, I had a text to Oscar and he, he wasn't happy to say, <laughs> he wasn't happy with the Yankees fans, but I, 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 for one, think it's absolutely outlandish that fans think they have such a massive place in the game where they can attack players or throw shit at them or come at them in DMs telling them very hateful shit. I think it's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 tough. And, and you know, being somebody that doesn't have too much major league experience, um, you know, I don't really know too much of that firsthand. But, uh, you know, I, I, I sailed the ball in Yankee Stadium um, in – in one of my starts and uh, got run scored and I was trying to make a play and I just made an error. And, you know, I had, I had some bad, uh, kind of bad tweets at me uh, after the game and it was disheartening, you know, cause it's like, I- I'm not trying to do it and, and, and I'm doing the best I can, but I eventually just kind of, I just deleted my Twitter. Honestly, I deleted well, no, it. No, it's not. Wait a second. I got, so I got a solution here for you. We have kind of like an army fan base right now. We're growing pretty quick. Yeah. We're going to be your burner account. No, no, no. I don't even want you to say no to this. I am going to be your personal burner account. If I see, I'm going to do it for my personal from the gate 14 podcast. I'm going to have some of our listeners do it. If I see any t- Tyler Heineman hate on Twitter, I'm going to search your name religiously. If I see any hate, they will be getting body bagged by me. You listen, that's going to be my bio for the gate 14 podcast is Tyler Heineman burner account, plain and simple. You don't, you, you have no affiliation to it. I'm just yeah. kind of let you know that we're going to be your burner. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's uh, it's something that, that I know, you know, I know that I realize that a lot of players don't control their social media um, or even have social media in Springer's case for that reason. That's right? crazy. You that's... know, it's, it's tough, but, uh, a lot of people take it to heart, you know, just, just think about like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but think about like, if, if we were coming to your, to your work, uh, whatever your nine to five job is, and you do something that, that is not right. Like you, you know, you didn't, you didn't turn in a form on time or something and someone just bashing you for not turning <laughs> in a form on time, like right on top of you, you suck. You're the worst. You're terrible. Like 
your wife shouldn't even love you. Like, you know, it's like, it's the same kind of thing. This is our job, right? We're, we're trying to do the best we can at it. And, and sometimes we make mistakes and it's, um, you know, uh, I understand it's at a bigger stage, but uh, it's, you know, most of us, uh, I think everybody here on this team is, uh, is an incredible person. And, uh, you know, we're, we're human beings as, as well. So we're going to make mistakes and, uh, and we care, we care about it. So it's, it's tough to, uh, to read about stuff that, that you don't really like, yeah. uh, to see about yourself. And just whenever you're ready, whenever you want to ease back into Twitter, I got you. Like I said, right. we, we got you just, just let me know, just shoot the bat signal up behind him and signal. And we'll, we'll get it going again. We'll, we'll, we'll start positive vibes only on your Twitter, but another Definitely. guy that I got to ask you about. And obviously when he was at UCLA, he was doing all these stuff that was looked upon as weird then, but now that's all pitchers are doing now. What was it like catching and like playing with Trevor Bauer? Why was that like a, was it weird? Just kind of the stuff that he would do. Cause you weren't familiar with it. Like, what was it like? It was different for sure, but he had a method for everything and he had a uh, reasoning behind uh, doing every single thing. So um, again, another person, a little different than, than Cole, uh, a lot different than Cole. Um, but, um, overall, like he just tried to perfect his craft. Um, and that was the way that he was going about doing it. And, um, so he had conviction in, in, in the way that he want, that he wanted to do it. And he thought that was the right way. And I mean, clearly it's been working. Um, and he got to the pinnacle of the major leagues and won a Cy Young. So, um, you know, he is just another, some person obsessed with, uh, with being incredible, um, and, and working tirelessly day in and day out to do it. So, um, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought it was weird in college, but, uh, obviously there was a reasoning behind it. And there's some funny visuals, man. Cause obviously with, uh, the efficient official podcast, I talked about this with a catcher that I think played with him. Did he ever do those like 17 crow hop throws to you before he would pitch in a game? Like, what were you, yeah. what were you doing behind the plate when this guy's doing 17 crow hops throwing like 110 pull uh, downs? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult. Um, and it's like, you know, throwing a hundred and whatever, four or whatever from 48 feet away, but it, it, it gets you ready. You know, if you can catch that, it, you can catch anything. So uh, it, in a sense, it's uh, work for us as well. It's a great, I mean, and obviously like there's so many stories about like just, and I think it's misunderstood like the stories about him and Cole and stuff, because they're both kind of psychopaths on the mound in terms of like perfecting their craft where it's obvious that guys like that will butt heads. I think it's just, it was over exaggerated at the time <laughs> that a narrative that like the media likes to play out that there's just some sort of rivalry, but what was it like just playing, like being on teams with both those guys? I mean, obviously the media overhyped it, but was it ever awkward in the little change room? Like, what was it like? Yeah. I mean, so I, you'd have to ask them honestly, yeah. um, as they're, they're their own individuals and we don't really talk about it that much. Um, and, and I don't want to speculate, but, um, I think, I think when you got two guys that are just that good, um, there's going to be competition between them. Um, and it's not a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. It helps the team get better because they're competing against each other. They want to be Friday night guys. Um, they want to be the ace of the staff and they want to get drafted higher. So uh, I think it elevated their performance and it elevated the team's performance. And so, you know, having them as a one, two punch in college was 
was incredible. I mean, you know, you you theoretically should never lose a series if you have you <laughs> yeah. know, Friday Cole on Friday, Bauer on Saturday, and you know we had Adam Plutko who's played in the big leagues for a good amount, and now he's over uh, overseas uh, as the Sunday guy. So, um, you know, we that was uh, John Savage did a uh, incredible job getting those guys in and 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 prepping them, and uh, we just. We just didn't take care of enough uh, business in the regional in, in 2012 uh, and hit well enough. So uh, if we would have hit, I think uh, that would have been the year that we would have won for sure. And then obviously sorry, 2011, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2011, 2011. And then obviously another thing that I want to bring up is obviously you're a big magician guy. Do you get not um, like, is it a kind of a jab at you that Javier Baez calls himself the magician when he doesn't know magic? Like, is that like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? I'm the, like, I'm a legit magician. You call yourself the magician. Like where, where, where do you stand with that? No, it's kind of the other way around. Honestly, like everyone calls me El Mago. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's Javi Baez's nickname because you know, he, A, he had it first, but B, you know, the stuff he does, he is a magician on the baseball field. The stuff he does with his glove on the field, the some of the base running stuff. I mean, he's he's incredible to watch on the baseball field. Um, so, uh, no, he definitely he definitely garnered that nickname and he, he earned that. So um, they can keep me as clubhouse magician or something because, you know, until until uh, until I get a little bit more recognition, um, and deserve a little bit more respect uh, that I, I can, I can stay in the shadows for sure. As uh, have you worked your magic in the Jays clubhouse? Like, well, who's the one guy that's the most interested on the team? Like with the shit that you do. Most interested on the team. I mean, everybody does it. Everybody loves it for different reasons, but uh, Zach Collins likes it. Uh, our guy. That's Jano our guy. loves it. Jano loves it. Um, wants me to show him stuff all the time. And, and a lot of the, a lot of the foreign guys. So, um, you see, uh, and, and Ryu, they, they like, they, they love it. They don't really understand it, but they love it. And, um, the coaching staff loves it. Snides, um, you know, Charlie, uh, every, everyone, everyone in their own way, it just makes them become a little kid again. Right. Like, like they should be under, able to understand it and should be able to figure it out, but it's hard to do it. And that, and, it's the same thing that I feel when I, when I see a magician do a trick for me, you know, it's like, it's like, it's just incredible. It's incredible to see. And, and I should be able to figure it out, but it's just, I, I try not to. And I just try to watch it and, and just love it. Yeah. And you mentioned Jano. I got to talk about him. He's one of my really good buddies. I mean, I, that's my guy right there. I mean, he always yeah. shows support to the, like uh, my other podcast, he's wearing our shirts, all that kind of stuff. That's my dude. What's it like? What's the clubhouse presence that Jano brings in there? Is he is he a vocal guy or is he just like kind of lead by example type of guy? I would say both. I mean, this is the first time I met him, but I got nothing but good things to say about him on the field, off the field. I mean, he's an incredible person. Um, and, you know, I just being able to learn from him. Uh, he's younger than me, but but I'm learning from him and and him kind of teaching me the ropes and like I'm learning the ropes of, of, of how to pitch certain guys, where to set up with, with the pitchers he has. He's, you know, my first start, I was a little bit nervous cause I didn't catch too many guys in spring training um, that were, that made the big league staff. So, um, you know, and he obviously got hurt early on and, but he was in New York with us and every single pitcher that came in, he darted to the dugout, stopped his rehab, darted to the dugout, to talk to me and be like, Hey, you good with, uh, Timmy, you good with 
um, Richards, like meaning like, this is what we're going to do. This is how he, they like set up, like just, and he didn't have to do, he didn't have to do that, you know? Um, but he really cares about the blue Jays and he really cares about the pitching staff. And, um, he's, uh, he, he's a beauty. He's, he's a, he's one of a kind. And, you know, I'm so glad that I was able to meet him and, uh, just learn from him. But just in terms of presence in the clubhouse, he keeps it light. Um, friends with everybody, uh, has inside jokes with everybody. And, uh, he seems to bring a smile on everybody's face when, when he comes up. So that's a, that's a special quality and uh, something of a, of a real leader. So, um, you know, he's a, yeah, he's a beaut. That's my guy. I'm going to text him that you said that I'm going to say, listen, Heineman was pumping your tires. You know, I mean, he's just such a good dude, bro. Honestly, like he just, he'll reach out to me randomly sometimes just like checking in on me and stuff. He's just salt to the earth. He really is. He really yeah, is salt to the earth. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he's, uh, I got, I, I can't even say one bad thing about him. And, and, and that's, uh, that's, yeah, he's just, he's amazing. And, um, as, as a person, he's a great person, but baseball player, he's also a really good baseball player. And I, I'm excited to see when he comes back from this injury, hopefully he comes back stronger than ever. And, uh, I'm excited to see him continue on the, on the tear that he was already starting out this year. And you mentioned a guy that we've kind of, we're kind of known as like, the Zach Collins guys now because we were on the train of you and him like we were on the train early what's it like I mean first of all we need to somehow get in contact with him I mean his guy his, his whole family follows us on Instagram so I so we have yeah. the connection there we need to get I don't know if you could put in the good word maybe actually this is what we're gonna do you just mentioned to him like dude you haven't been on the geek 14 podcast like say it like it's like a thing that like everyone goes on and then he'll be like wait no i've been on you know what i'm saying just like ease it in there maybe a magic trick with the geek 14 written on the card or some shit we'll figure yeah. something out but what's it like seeing this guy just come from the absolute woodwork and just be mashing baseballs he's absolutely buzzing yeah so um you know i think the 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 uh, book on him was he always could hit, right? I mean, he was just was he backed up at Grandal and, and yeah. with the White Sox, and it's tough to it's tough to hit when you're when you're backing up and not playing very much. But uh, he was, I think, he was the tenth overall pick out of Miami, just mashed and got up to the big leagues pretty quick. Now he's just, he, I think, he's getting a chance to play every day and or close to every day with with a couple injuries and, and DH and, and catch every once in a while. And he, I think, you know, I just think he's a good hitter. He doesn't swing at balls. Uh, he has an incredible eye. And, uh, you know, he's got some power to, to go along with that. So when you don't swing at balls and get yourself in leverage counts, um, good things can happen, you know. Uh, and, and I think he does a really good job with that. And uh, I've been, I've been uh, impressed for sure watching him play and just watching his at-bats on a daily basis. You like uh, – what are your thoughts on the Rogers Center? You like it? Like, is it like a – it's a hitter's friendly park, right? But – just like the scenery, like living in Toronto, what has been your kind of, cause all, like I said, I do another podcast, fish and official podcast. And every single guest on that podcast says they love Toronto. They love playing here. They love visiting here. It's just clean. The people here, everything about it. What has been like your kind of impression of playing here in Toronto or just being, uh, being a part of the Toronto Blue Jays? Yeah. So this is uh, the, probably the fifth day that I've been here um, in Toronto, uh, maybe fifth or sixth. And uh, I love it. Uh, the stadium's gorgeous, really nice. Uh, atmosphere is awesome. It's very electric. It's kind of like a, like a hockey uh, atmosphere to me, like, you know, pregame things, pregame ceremony stuff, more, more like a show. And, yeah. uh, but in terms of 
Toronto, like, you know, I haven't met too many people, but everybody's so nice in, in Canada. It's incredible. <laughs> um, it just seems, you know, everybody's polite, nice. Um, and, and it's awesome. And then being, uh, to finish off that being, being on the blue Jays, it's, it's honestly surreal. Um, you know, I, I, being on a team that's like supposed to win and is winning is it's like a dream come true, you know? And it, it's like, it's very, it kind of feels like you're not like worthy, you know, you're not deserving <laughs> to be here. Um, and uh, so I, I'm just very thankful and um, I'm, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to feel more, more deserving, uh, just trying to give myself a little bit more, more credit, but just, yeah, I'm very thankful to be here and blessed. And I'm just, for however long I'm here, um, I'm just trying to uh, do the best I can to, to do my part and help the team win. And I will say this, obviously, like a lot of guys that aren't everyday players are not getting a lot of reps and stuff like that don't feel worthy. I will just say this to you just based off of my experience with doing other things like that. Dude, you have a fucking roster spot on one of the best fucking teams in baseball. Like at some point, you like obviously now you can't really do it, but you just got to take a step back and be like, dude, one, I'm out of I'm part of the 0.01% of the world. I play professional fucking baseball. And two, I'm on the the like the most stacked fucking roster in the American yeah. League. Isn't I mean, isn't it crazy to kind of look back on that, even if you have a chance now to look at it? Yeah, no, I mean it's that's what that's what I'm saying. It's like it's very humbling and it's it's like it's almost unbelievable at times. Um, and I, I kind of have to pinch myself and, and games like yesterday, honestly, were you know, just that's what you live for. Like that's that's why I like playing baseball and that's why I wanted to be a professional baseball player and, and a major leaguer was like for games like yesterday, just, you know, just playoff electricity. Game. Yeah. Playoff atmosphere. And it just seems like every single game we've had so far, uh, it's been a little closer than I think we would have liked on <laughs> yeah. every single game, but every game has been like a playoff atmosphere type game. And it, um, you know, it, it really, you really feel it. And, uh, and that's, you love it. Like, like that's what you want. That's how you, that's how you want to play. You want to play with that intensity and you want to play with that, with that, those adrenaline and those nerves in, in your body. Dude. It's like, and honestly, man, that play you made yesterday, one of the most underrated things of that game. I mean, it was pretty much a, not a game saving play, but for a catcher, that is your, first of all, you were off balance. Correct. Like that was just a, a mag magical type of play. Yeah. I think there was a runner on at that point, right? Was there someone on? Yeah, runner on second. Yeah, runner on second. So if you don't make that play, there's first and third with I believe it was one out. Is that right or two yep. outs? No, it would have been it would have yeah. been one out. Yeah. yeah, so there's one out runner on first. I mean, so and uh, Charlie Montoya alluded to it yesterday. I mean, he said all every single guy, you, Tapia, all the guys that came in that game yesterday, you guys emptied the clip. You emptied the bench. Made a massive impact on that game. So even though you didn't get a play, I mean, even though you didn't get that chance to get that at bat or anything along those lines or you still, you still, I mean, you made a game, like a, not a game saving play, but a massive play that potentially like saves the game there. Right. I mean, that runner scores, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's like, like I said, just doing your part and trying to be the best you can. And like, you obviously want to get the plate appearance, but Kirky came in and he got a base hit. Um, you know, he pinched it for him. He got a base hit. And then he had a big time walk in the, in the 10th inning as well. So, um, every move Charlie seems to be making, um, right now is, is working. Um, and, uh, you know, like, uh, so I can't, I can't fault him for that. I mean, he made the right move. I, would I have gotten a hit? I don't know, but 
woulda, shoulda, coulda, and Kirk did get a hit, and he had a really, really impressive at bat in the 10th inning as well. So uh, that was the right move. And, you know, again, I'm just trying to, to do my part as best I can. It's a great point. I mean, and people don't understand this, right? Like everyone in the stand sees these guys at the plate, and they just expect you to hit. But a guy in your situation where you haven't got that many at-bats, it is very, very hard to not see live pitching for as long as you haven't and step into a high-leverage situation like that. So Charlie Montoyo doing that, although some people might have been like, what are you doing? At the end of the day, you want to put in a guy that at that point has had more at-bats, right? And you are, you, are def- you are one of the best defensive guys right now on the team, one of the best defensive catchers on the team. I'm not saying that because I'm pumping your tires. That's just a fact, which is yeah, why yeah. Charlie put you in there. But yeah. it's, at that point, it's so hard to hit like when you haven't seen live pitching for so long, right? It really is. 100%. 100%. And, you know, uh, just the just the performance that, that Kirk has had in the past uh, in the big leagues and, and playing every single day for the most part and, and putting together some good at-bats here and there. And, you know, yeah, it, I got – I have nothing, nothing bad to say about that. Obviously, like as a, as a competitor, you want to have the at bat and you want to play and and you're going to, I'm ready to play and I'm ready for the at bat. But um, whenever uh, Charlie says, Hey, you know, we're going to pinch it for you. That's it. You go into a good teammate mode and you try and, and you try and you want to be on, on, on his side and, and he got it done. And uh, I'm so, I'm so happy that he got it done. And then again, that, that at bat in the 10th inning was, uh, honestly, better than than the base hit. It was incredible. So good. I oh. think it was down 0-2, right? I think it was 0-2 uh, or, or 1-2. 1-2. Yeah. And he came all the way back and walked. That kind of took the wind out of the sails there. Like, at that point, Absolutely. they're like – Absolutely. Got the bases loaded. Um, you know, it was – it was um, yeah, it's, a, it's just it's an incredible – it really is an incredible bat. And then Tapia's a bat at the end. So uh, good. He fouled um, off. So good. Yeah, it's just I, – you just love to see it because back in the day, obviously, or just a lot of teams kind of fold in that situation, especially when you're down two. But this is the last thing I want to bring up here. A guy yesterday – or a guy all year <laughs> who hasn't walked anyone. He literally hasn't walked a hitter. I think he's faced 95 hitters, and he has not walked one dude. What's it like just seeing Kevin Gossman, an ultimate professional, just do his craft? And by the way, I posted the video the other day. He packs the most incredible dips I've ever seen. It actually it inspired me to pack one right after I saw that. I packed yeah. just I packed an absolute hammer after he did. So what's it like seeing Kevin Gossman just absolutely perfect his craft right now? So I had the pleasure of catching him in 2020 with the Giants, and uh, again, just incredible player. Um, but what just just an even better person, um, and it's it's awesome. Like that's the coolest thing for me is when somebody's a good player, but they're a better person. It's like, it's just, you, you root for them. Right. And so, but back to your point, um, just somebody that, I mean, he, he has pinpoint control of a 96 mile an hour fastball. It gets up to 97, 98. Yeah. Probably will be later on this year uh, with a devastating splitter, a change up to go along with it at times and a, and a slider. Um, that he throws to, to mix in every once in a while, but he just competes. He goes after you and he's like, here's my fastball, go hit it. Here's my splitter, go hit it. Like he doesn't, he doesn't, he pinpoints his fastball and he, and he, he locates his stuff, but it's like, he's not trying to, he's, he's not really trying to kind of toe around the, uh, around the rubber or around, around the plate. Like he's, 
he's thrown with conviction onto the plate and he's just, he's just saying, here it is. My stuff's better than your stuff. Here we go. And uh, seeing him perform and, you know, have success early on, I think uh, really helps with, I mean, I don't know if he needs a confidence thing. He's, he's got plenty of confidence, but, but, you know, like he, I, just as a person, you know, he's, he's got a big contract now. Uh, and he, and so, you know, obviously he wants to fulfill that. And I think early on, um, early on success is going to really help that, um, and really help him feel like he deserves that because he does. But, um, I think the early on success will, will carry over to later on the season and hopefully to the playoffs. You got to see this clip. Uh, it was from, I believe Arroyo or no Vasquez. He threw a splitter and Va- Vasquez, I think you actually might've been behind the plate at this time. I, I no, 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 never mind. No, no, was, I, didn't, I didn't catch Gossman. Yes. So, yeah. Okay. So Gossman throws this pitch and Vasquez just absolute sword pitching ninja and they click and they like, they, they cut to Vas- Vasquez at the plate and he just does the face like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just swung at that. Like just, I, I just got I, I'm there. I think I saw, I think I saw that. It was a terrible look for him, but it's just at, at that point, you got to tip your hat, man. But Anyways, the Heineman Army stand up, Gate 14 Nation stand up. We this this is such an incredible interview to kick off, and everyone was requesting for me to get Jano on first, all that kind of stuff. But I wanted to try something new. If they wanted to listen to Jano, they could just click over to the Fish and Official podcast. So like, it was a pleasure to have you on, man. I obviously thank you, Mike Adams. By the way, my guy. By the way, if you don't follow Mike Adams, the guy's electric, one of the best pitching guys maybe ever. He's just so good with all the all the techniques. He's such a good learn, such a good teacher. Um, it was a pleasure to have you on, man. Um, we're all rooting for you over here, obviously, especially when you're wearing the, the Jays uniform and all that kind of stuff. And honestly, man, I can't wait to see what you do, especially – it's a small sample size. You've only had two at-bats. But what, I've, what we've seen from behind the dish and just you're one of the ultimate locker room guys. That's what everyone – I asked Hager about you. I asked Nick Ramirez about you. I asked Adams about you. They all just say one of the best locker room guys you've ever played with. So that's something to kind of hang your hat on as well. I, it was a pleasure to have you on, man. I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And uh, thanks for the kind words. Um, go Jays. That's all I got to say. Go <laughs> let's Jays. go. Thank you, bro. All right, let's go into the Astro series now. Hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed that Tyler Hyman interview. He was electric. I actually, and obviously these guys have a list to do because they're still recording. You guys are going to fucking love this interview. Seriously, like you're going to be Tyler Heineman guys. This guy was absolutely incredible. I wish, we, I wish I actually sent you the audio earlier so you could have listened to it today so we could have talked about it. Um, but honestly, man, he is a fucking great dude and uh, a lot of insight. We talked about Trevor Bauer, uh, Garrett Cole, all those guys, and we talked about his magic tricks. So thank God you talked. Those are the two things I needed to know about. Yeah, we this sounds about fucking it. great. I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. It's yeah. only the start, too, man. It's the first guest ever to fucking yeah. put that Jan- on the wall. Jana will help us out and stuff like that. I'm trying to get Ghost Cake a toe. Um, I know I've got mutual friends with that guy, or I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but yeah. Um, so let's go into the Astro series. Obviously, kind of the Jays' big dogs going this weekend. I mean, you got Kikuchi tomorrow, which is fine. I guess that's not the big dog. But then you got Barrio Saturday and uh, Gossman Sunday. That Sunday game is going to be incredible. I love Sunday afternoon baseball. And hopefully the dome's open. Hopefully it's hot. And you got Gossman on the fucking mound. Are you kidding me? This guy, by the way, he hasn't walked one fucking guy this year. Are you it's kidding crazy. me? I can't. I couldn't believe that he's like not a walk guy because he's such a high strikeout guy. And usually that comes with a high walk percentage. Like I always thought that he was just a walk guy. Like I guess I just like assumed he was a walk guy. I don't know if he actually was a walk guy, but what the Terry's on right now is absurd. I mean, just 
I mean, the issue though becomes like, like, is he this good that people just aren't hitting him? Or like, should he be mixing in fucking out of the zone pitches because like everyone's just going to fucking swing at everything. I just think his stuff is just so nasty that it's just unhittable, dude. Like right mm-hmm. now his, like, I don't know if you can get his whiff percentage, uh, Avery, but um, it's got to be absurd. It's, it's crazy. Like he, he's hit face. I think it's 95 hitters, zero walks and like 30 strikeouts. It's stupid. It's so dumb. I've never seen this before. I really, especially on the Jays, maybe Roy Holiday, I guess, but it's just crazy, man. I, Kevin Gossman is that guy. And I think mm-hmm. they're just going to keep going. That's what the rotation, they're competitive guys. They're just going to keep fighting for who's going to be that big dog. They really are going to, that, that, that's what they're going to be doing. But the Jays are missing. They're not going to be facing Verlander. He obviously pitched today and fucking carved. Um, but they got, they got your quitty. Garcia and then uh, Valdez. The, Val- the the game Sunday is gonna be electric. You got Valdez against Gosman. I mean, sign me the fuck up. I might I, that I might go to that game. That game's gonna be sick. So Gosman's called strike and whiff rate at this point is thirty five point one percent, which is really good, really really <laughs> good. It's shown. Um, is the changeup the hardest? If you have a good changeup, it has to be the hardest pitch to hit in baseball, right? Because yeah, same spin rate, same mm-hmm. spin as a fastball, right? It's the same thing or, or similar. Well, his, splitter, his split fingered fastball, I guess it's kind of a change up, right? Same yeah. type of movement. Who yeah. was, was it Waka who had the really good one too? Waka was the on Red the loose Sox? yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I Gossman has been electric and obviously I did the kind of, I don't know, kind of a chirp at Robbie Ray, but he's been substantially better than Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray has been getting kind of hit around. I mean, his ERA is like three, four, one. That's not fucking good for how much money he's making. The strikeouts disappeared somehow too. Yeah, I, it's bad. It's a tough look, but I'm I'm honestly so fucking happy. The Jays have Gossman. I love watching this guy pitch, and he's and the games go by so fast when he's on the fucking mound. It's like two two hours and twenty minute games. It's incredible. We we had the super short game with Barrios on uh, Monday too. Yeah, that was just a. It would have been the shortest game of last year and this year. I'm yeah, pretty sure it was just a pitcher's duel for that one. But but Barrios kind of. The, the the stat line didn't really tell the story of how he pitched again, right? Because he kind of got banged around a little. He's Jared said as you said it last time, but he's just a magician of getting out of these jams somehow. It's like, like in the first two innings, it was like five or six balls over 105 miles an hour off yeah. the bat. It was we were crazy. just refreshing baseball savant to see how hard the balls were hit off of him. <laughs> It was it was crazy to see, but this weekend, obviously, when you got the two of your big dogs on, I'm expecting the Jays to go two or three. Two or three. Yeah, I think that's fair. It, the thing is, how many series have the Jays won now? All of them, right? All of them, yeah. Except the Yankees won. The Yankees won, they split. Yeah, they split. Okay. No, that I, is, I thought right. that was a three-game series. I don't think so. Let me search this up. Because why are Yankee fans then in our comments saying we split with them? So one, 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 one. Yeah, it was a four-game series. They we split two-two, and then yeah, dude, the Jays have won every series. They've just split one. That is fucking mental. Them and the Mets, dude. I the Mets are fucking scary with the Grom not even pitching yet. That team is a problem. They have such a good lineup, like. They could fucking play with anyone, man. It just they can figure it out. It's looking good. Can they play with the Dodgers though? You think? Fuck the Dodgers. Fuck I the think Dodgers. They can. I think they can. The Dodgers got they lost a series to the fucking Diamondbacks this week. 
The yeah, Diamondbacks. Zach Allen's legit, though. Yeah, Zach Allen is fucking nasty, dude. He's so good. But, um, yeah, I think the Jays are going to take two or three. I'm excited to watch this, obviously, because I, I don't think the Astros have been to Toronto since before the pandemic, right? It's, nope. So it's going to be awesome Not to see. Not with fans here, at least. Yeah, I, it's going to be awesome to see, man. I'm pumped Do you think we have it. good enough fans to boo them? No. I you can't boo, though. We have fucking Springer in center yeah, field, we have, man. We have Springer. They're still losers, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's just Altuve's not even playing. He's True. injured still. It's just Bregman. And honestly, I kind of like Bregman. He's fucking sick. I think Bregman's a good dude. Yeah, I think he's just a normal dude who got caught up in that stuff. But mm-hmm. Correa is the one that deserves the boost. Correa is the one. Yeah, yeah you're right. He's, he is so fucking annoying, dude. And he's on the Twins. Like, fuck, they suck. Did you guys see that meltdown by the Tigers on Tuesday or Monday? That was that, fucking hilarious. That was uh, Pee Wee Coba baseball again. Pee Wee A. Dude, that was, <laughs> I can't. I couldn't believe that shit happened. That's why it's just these guys are pro athletes and they do that. It's just incredible shit. But um, yeah, obviously we'll, just, we'll we'll break down the games quick. So game one obviously is going to be Kikuchi. I believe I, I'm not quite sure if the Astros hit lefties well. I think they hit Kikuchi kind of well, right? He gave up like four or five against them. Yep. So it's it's not really a series that we need to preview because all we the Jays literally just play the Astros. So yeah. I just think the home field advantage kind of plays to it. And this weekend we're starting to get good weather now, so there's, I think there's going to be more people going to the games and stuff like that. It's starting to get hotter. Um, the dome is going to be open. I'm assuming at least one of the days. And the, when the dome's open, and by the way, I think the Jays got a game on national TV on Saturday. Do they? The game's at three thirty seven. It's all they always play three thirty seven Saturdays now. Oh really? That's yeah. fucking so stupid. I know it was. Would you yeah. think they played? I thought they played at one every fucking Saturday. No, they, no, used no, they to. changed it because last they wanted, year, right? Yeah, they wanted to uh, promote more, I guess, millennials to come to the game so they can go to the bar right after. Great like, idea. That is a good fucking <laughs> idea. God damn it, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a great idea, man. It's a really good idea. I um. And obviously, we're recording this right now. Let me get a score check here. And by the way, Hutchinson. That's why I'm business advisor for this podcast, right? The Jays just lost. I mean, the Raptors are down one at half. Um, And by the way, Hutchinson didn't go first overall. What the fuck is that shit? Was it, uh, what's his name? Trayvon Walker. Yeah, Trayvon Walker went first. But anyways, all right. He's an idiot. He's going to get fired. Yeah, he's going to get fired. So we'll end it right here. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the interview. Obviously, that took up a pretty massive chunk. Usually what we're going to try to do is just on Mondays, do like the full, like us just talking. And like if we get an interview, we'll do an interview on Thursday if we can and stuff like that. Or sorry for the Friday show. But uh, as I always say, man, the support's been crazy. The TikTok's been on the fucking loose. Uh, A lot of people enjoyed that live reaction video. I kind of wish we got it before he hit it because that would have just been fucking crazy like the whole buildup mm-hmm. of it but uh we'll continue to do that stuff um and obviously we can get jr out to the yard some, yeah sometime fucking soon. jr the suit over here um i'm we'll gonna fi- be uh we gotta announce i'm gonna be uh oh, 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 out of the office next week uh going to dominican to scout make sure the jays are <laughs> international scouting department's doing fine down there i'm gonna go check it out there it is so uh i'll have a full report come next week so it'll be me and avery for next week Love you guys. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, gate 14 to the fucking moon. Let's go.